summer on Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier, we're going to talk about five threats to harmony in your family. So we invite you to join us for this series on growing through challenges with unresolved grief, boundaries, people-pleasing, triangulation, and dysfunctional roles. We'll be bringing you into our Soul Shepherding Counseling Office to learn from people who have made positive changes in their families. Our prayer is to help you experience greater emotional and spiritual health in your family and all of your relationships. Today we're continuing our series on family and some of the stress points that we have in relationships with our loved ones. We recently heard from a friend, Shauna Hui. She uh, responded to our family uh, talk on grief, and uh, she says, I love this podcast. Thank you for your ministry and showing us that when we allow our feelings of grief, we allow joy to come. And we especially appreciate hearing from you, Shauna, because of what you have been through. We met uh, Shauna at a conference that we were speaking at, and Shauna has a great ministry called Thrive with Hope. And what a story she tells on her website and in her book about having been through a divorce and losing her home in the fire and how uh, the Lord helped her to rebuild her house and her life. So if anybody knows grief, uh, it's Shauna. Hi, Shauna. (laughs) Great to hear from you. And all of you who are listening, great to hear from you. Many of you have your own ministry, uh, probably all of you, if you think about it broadly. In our relationships with others, we seek to be Christ's ambassadors. That's really what soul shepherding is about, is that we want to come alongside you in your life, your work, whether you're a professional pastor or a uh, other type of caregiver, people helper, leader, Uh, We want to support you in your life, in your soul, in your work, so that that you don't burn out, but you stay renewed in the Lord, and you can keep uh, using your gifts to help people and to honor the Lord. And we hope you'll share Soul Talks with a friend, too, because that is how people find us. And the more that you share, or even if you go on and do a, a rating, a review on iTunes, then it helps people find soul talks more. So thanks for being a part of our community, helping us helping us grow this love and grace of Christ. Today we're going to talk about de-triangulating into the circle of love. Uh, triangulating and de-triangulating is a big psychological word for some perhaps. They are. What does yeah. that mean to you, Christy? Well, triangulating is when we are enmeshing with something or someone uh, in addition to a primary relationship, intimate relationship that we're in. So you and I, Bill, we have a bond. And then um, we can triangulate and actually weaken that bond if you or I, one of us starts to enmesh with somebody or something else. Yeah, when there is a, a distance in a relationship with uh, a family member or uh, a friend, a coworker. Uh, if there's distance or there's unresolved conflict in that relationship, there will be a tendency to triangle in a third person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not uh, a conscious thing. It's a, a defense mechanism, and it's uh, something that's been studied in families and in other uh, community uh, groups and organizational systems. And we find that really the building block of a system is these triangles, these three-way relationships And so it's why big groups get really complicated because there's so many three-way relationships. And we all know the feeling of uh, being a third wheel Mm -hmm. uh, between Mm -hmm. two people. Well, that's an example of a triangle. Two people have a special closeness and you're on the outside. Uh, 
Uh, We also know the feeling of uh, somebody uh, gossiping or slandering somebody else to us. Mm -hmm. That's a triangle. When there is unresolved conflict in a relationship and then you uh, turn and you uh, vent with somebody else, uh, particularly in a way that is, is judging person you're angry at, well, you've just created a triangle. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly why Jesus teaches us, uh, don't judge and not to gossip and not to slander. It's also counsel in the Bible because it hurts people, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also ineffective. Uh, And it's why Jesus teaches us that, well, you know, when you have a conflict, go to that person, talk directly to that person and uh, work it through. And the other, uh, of course, uh, recurring teaching in the Bible in these matters is uh, the importance of forgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we have conflict, when we're disappointed. Uh, now, that's a whole subject in itself because yeah. forgiveness is so misunderstood. It's not so much about just um, something you you make a decision to do uh, in, in these sorts of matters. Or with, just excusing somebody else's behavior that's hurtful. Yeah, forgiveness is, is a process. Mm-hmm. You, you feel your, your emotion, the, the insult, the injustice, the wrong... And you, you need, uh, you probably need empathy around that. Uh, you uh, need to pray about that. You need to work that through. It might be that this uh, dynamic, this conflict, this injury is triggering uh, a previous wound from your past with this person or somebody else. So there might be a lot of other uh, emotion and, and weight to the issue that makes it uh, heavier and con- more confusing to work through. So uh, this issue of, of triangles is, is really important mm-hmm. because it, it, it's, we all have triangles going on in our life that mm-hmm. we're not really looking at, but if you stop and look at it, they can explain a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of this triangulation is really unconscious. And one thing that we can do sometimes that we see often with people we're working with in the counseling office is that somebody will triangulate in somebody else to get power in the relationship. Mm-hmm. They, they want. They want some power. Sometimes somebody will triangulate in somebody else because they, it, they, their need isn't getting met in the relationship, and so they'll go outside the relationship to get the need met. Yeah, so those are two different things. Let's just uh, break those down a little bit. So if I'm uh, talking to somebody f- uh, for coffee and I'm feeling uh, like I, I need some respect, I, I need some attention, I'm feeling a little insecure, I might name drop mm-hmm. somebody else to kind of boost myself up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a triangulation because mm-hmm. I'm not really dealing with the issue directly about what I feel and in this relationship that I'm having with this person over coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Or we were with a couple in the counseling office and um, who we were helping and he wasn't feeling that respect from his wife. And so he kind of triangulates in his work and his work relationships, because he gets more respect there and he feels more significance there. And then she feels out of that. And so she triangulates in the kids and she gets over enmeshed with the kids because her needs for feeling wanted and needed are being met there. And so we got two triangles going on here. And thankfully, they started to become aware of this because their kids are grown now and they got they, they went on a vacation together and had some time away together and they started to realize, wow, we've, our relationships really suffered because of these triangulations. Yeah, so uh, just looking at the spiritual geometry here, so uh, you're, some of you, your head might be spinning a little bit right now. Uh, and we, we live in this 
relational math place all the time. <laughs> so yeah, so th- this is a typical pattern uh, with uh, pastors that we help, um, who can be men uh, or women, also people in other other jobs, uh, whatever your line of work is. When uh, particularly when there's a situation where you know you're married and there's some some disappointment there. There's uh, maybe this, the fire's gone. There's not the same closeness there used to be, or there's been some conflicts that have come up recurringly, and you can't seem to work them through, and so you just start avoiding those things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you do that, your relationship just gets you know a little cooler, a little mm-hmm. cooler, and you know pretty soon you're sort of drifting through life together, uh, ships passing the in the night, mm-hmm. and you know not really connecting. You don't really have the warmth, and I, hopefully you still love each other. You're still committed. And then you have things that connect you, like the kids or the house or uh, your finances, uh, church together, different friends that you share and things that you rely on. Um, But uh, if you're not dealing with what's missing in the relationship and if you're not able to to talk about that and to meet your needs directly in the relationship, so then there starts to be this pressure on the relationship to find another source of of comfort, of meaning, of significance, because uh, as human beings, we all need uh, a bond, uh, a connection, um, uh, a source of fulfillment in our life. And when we're not getting that in our primary relationship, that's where the pressure comes in to triangulate. And so in your example, uh, this pastor starts uh, overworking and giving mm-hmm. too much to the church. Mm-hmm. And then, then the wife feels left out of mm-hmm. that and starts to feel resentment because all you know, his best time and energy is going into the church. And so that, that's a triangle there. That's a yeah. three-way relationship. And she can start to feel like, I'm not enough for him. You know, he's, he's, I've disappointed him. And start to feel really shame and start to withdraw herself and, and shut down and get distant and get too, feel too insecure, to be honest with him, about how this is feeling for her. So what I do for people, uh, uh, what we do, you do this too, Christy, is we'll, we'll get out a piece of paper and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll draw out yep. the triangle yep. and we'll, we'll draw a, uh, a, a blockhead for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> and a circle for the gal, because uh, uh, they just keep going around and around in circles. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who decided that the squares were men and the circles were women, but uh, that's the, that's the way you do it. Yeah. And then uh, we'll draw either a, a dashed line between the husband and the wife for like the uh, there's an emotional distance or disappointment, mm-hmm. or a jagged line for there's a pattern of conflict and tension mm-hmm. that's that's troublesome, and that lack of a straight line bond an Mm -hmm. open honest smooth and basically mutually satisfying relationship Mm -hmm. when that's lacking then what we're going to predict is there's going to a third person or or entity is going to get triangled in into that that is going to then become a a dysfunctional pattern in the family that's going to be very problematic and stressful yeah, I think it's important to say because if I'm if I'm a listener, I might be thinking, "Well, wait a second. It's way too much pressure on a relationship to think all my needs and everything mm-hmm. is going to be great in this relationship." I thought it was healthy. Like I thought I'm supposed to get my needs met with friendships, and I thought I'm supposed to have a life outside my relationship. And this is confusing, Bill and Christy. It sounds like you're saying that that's that's bad, that's wrong, and we're not saying that. That's not at all. What we're saying is where it's really unhealthy and dangerous is when the the line to 
what you've triangled in is much stronger bond than the relationship, mm-hmm. especially the marriage relationship in this case that we're talking about. And when you're using that third thing to uh, escape mm-hmm. the disappointment or conflict in your primary relationship. Yeah. And when the line between your spouse and that other thing that you've triangled in is conflictual mm-hmm. or distant, that's when it's especially dangerous. So it's actually, it would be healthy, like for instance, uh, for you and I to have a very good, strong bonded line and you and I both to have a strong bonded line to our child. Mm-hmm. So that in that triangle, it's a healthy triangle where everybody's yes. connected in a healthy way. But or if to you a and I are or, at odds and we're not mm-hmm. talking about that, we're not mm-hmm. working that through, right. then what the theory of triangles predicts is that that's going to affect the kids. Well, yeah, what's going to happen is you're going to have a smooth line to them. I'm going to have a smooth line to them. And there's going to be a conflictual line between us. And then the marriage doesn't survive. Well, and the, the kids can't keep those Mm-mm. that child down there trying to keep. Yep. I was, If you could look at me right now, you could see I'm, <laughs> this is a little hard. The, the spiritual <laughs> geometry here is so helpful when you can draw it <laughs> out and it. visually show it. But if I'm that child in the, the third, um, uh, the, the circle on the bottom, if I'm a girl or a square, if I'm a boy... And my parents are on the top, the two, the square and the circle up there. And they've got that jagged line up there. Now I'm on the bottom and I'm trying to hold both one arm up to my mom straight, mm-hmm. one up to my dad straight and, mm-hmm. and keep these relationships uh, harmonious and loving. Yep. My arms are going to get tired. It's not going to yeah, work because no. they're not going to let me Mm-mm. do that no. because of the issues they have. Yep. And so I'm going to have to choose. Yeah. So what tends to happen is the child will tend to align with yeah. one or the other parent or maybe sort yeah. of flip-flop. And that's mm-hmm. not good for the mm-hmm. child because it's ripping them apart inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in families, sometimes we see this where one parent will do this with one child that chooses them and they'll be a mesh and the other will do it with the other child and they'll be a mesh. And then there's conflict between the siblings too, because they're trying to all... Because that's what know, happens yeah. with the alignment. And that's mm-hmm. part of why it's so helpful to diagram these things out and to, to think through the spiritual geometry is because you you get these alliances and then each position reinforces the other. So back to the example of the the pastor or uh, other worker who is overworking and then the spouse resents that, Mm -hmm. you see, and she's not feeling left out by how hard that he's working. And so she starts to have animosity towards the church Mm -hmm. because the pastor's giving too much, Mm -hmm. you see, and then then he sees that and that adds to his frustration with her mm-hmm. where he feels like, well, she just doesn't appreciate how right. I'm serving the Lord, yep. you see? And so each each relationship reinforces the other. Right. And so it, it becomes like a dog chasing its tail and it gets very, very fixed and very hard to change until they, they go back and look at the, the primary relationship that started the whole thing and what's not right there. Yeah, I was so touched last week where... He was looking at it, and he he actually just broke down in tears to see what what he's done, you know, because he became aware of it. and He realized what not only what it's cost cost him, and and cost his wife, but you know, everybody, the the fallout everywhere there. And thankfully, it's not too late. He's he's realigning now, and it's beautiful. It's not too late for them. Yeah, one of the sources of uh, sore point for her has been his cell phone because he's always on his cell phone. And so, yeah, I'm coaching him around uh, Sabbath rest and uh, how that can help him be in the easy yoke of Jesus and be more uh, more peaceful and more joyful, have better boundaries, and 
to um, be more attentive and loving to his wife. And so, yeah, we have him on a program of uh, putting his cell phone away for, you know, his Sabbath day and putting it away at night and um, being more emotionally present for his wife. And it's, it's a big deal, but it's, it's part of what's helping us to do that is the, the de-triangulating, mm-hmm. see, so that he, because uh, when he feels more respect from his wife, when uh, he enjoys being with her, that actually helps him not overwork. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. and when he is more uh, present to her and takes her out on a date, asks her how she's feeling, and they have good conversations, they they, they go to coffee together, which they like to do. Uh, that helps her not overmesh with the kids. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so that that's the way the detriangulating works. And uh, sometimes it's the it's the woman who is uh, overworking or overinvested mm-hmm. in uh, yes. her ministry, or her work, her career. And the husband is feeling left out of that and yeah. wants to travel more with, with his wife or uh, have more recreational companionship together or mm-hmm. have her home for dinner more. Uh, and, and sometimes, uh, j- just like a, a mom can enmesh and overline with a child or gossip to a, a child in, in a way that makes the, the father look bad, even though she would say she's trying not to do that. Well, dads can do that too. And so we don't want to be stereotypical here. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking of a couple where the wife, it's her career and the husband, he's made a life for himself with golf and, you know, hiking and sports with his friends and, and all that. And it's really hurt their relationship. Yeah. And like you said, it's a good thing to make a life for ourselves. The the problem is when we're doing that as a way of avoiding Mm -hmm. the disappointment or unresolved conflict in our marriage. Yeah, and, and when that becomes the greatest consolation for us, that, un, that triangle that's hurtful. Yeah. And we do the same thing with our, our siblings or our family of origin, these same sorts mm-hmm. of patterns with uh, the triangulating. And so to, to just you know, pause, take a step back, and to really think about okay, what's going on here in the relationship and um, to then cultivate the kind of relationship with our spouse, our, our child, our sibling, particularly a, an older child, an adult child, but where we can talk about, mm-hmm. you know, how do you feel about our relationship? Yes. How are things going? And you're really good at that. You've taught me that. You, you will often, mm-hmm. uh, Christy, you'll, uh, we call this meta-communication, yeah. where you communicate yeah. about the communication. Yeah. Well, it's really helpful. It's helpful because I know I can't see myself objectively, I know you can see things I can't see, and I can see things you can't mm-hmm. see. And so to be able to talk about that and, and put that all out, and, and then we increase in awareness, and to be able to talk about, okay, where do we need boundaries? Where do you see that I need boundaries here that I don't think I do? And where do I see that you need boundaries there that you don't think you do? It's helpful. Yeah, that's why Jesus uh, uh, teaches us to, as we've been saying, to you know ask for what we need and to let our yes be yes and our no be no. That's why Paul teaches us to uh, speak the truth in love so that we can mature in Christ. That's in Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, this principle of, of communicating uh, openly and honestly and lovingly mm-hmm. in our relationships is, is so important. And vulnerably. Because I think it's vulnerable, and I think that's why the importance of empathy, again, if I'm, if I'm going to talk to you about where you need to set boundaries with your work, I need to first have empathy for you as to why that's hard for you. 
Yeah, and and I think um, then you also need to talk with me about how it's hard for you mm-hmm. and to and do own that, that. Yeah, and own that. So you do that in a way that you're not criticizing me. Mm-hmm. See, blaming. A lot of yeah. us uh, who are truth tellers, uh, we want to give feedback, um, and it's that's a hard thing to hear. Mm-hmm. And so when you're giving someone feedback, you you really ideally they're asking for it. So you have permission, um, or if you're going to speak the truth and love to somebody who maybe is not going to want to hear it, well, you're going to have to be pretty careful about that. And so that's where you want to take the approach that you're saying, Christy, and really try to uh, understand where that person's coming from, what they're struggling with. And then if you've got an issue with them, uh, invite them to understand how that feels for you. Mm-hmm. So you're using, you're not pointing the finger at right. the other person, you're u- right. engaging in self-disclosure. Yeah. And you're talking about your experience. Yeah. And a key thing there is, uh, we should do a whole podcast on this one, but yeah. it's differentiating between perceptions and emotions. Yeah. Perceptions are about other people. Emotions are about me. And so I always will say to people, well, you know, you, you want to use uh, the posture where you're inviting your, your spouse or your friend to understand you. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're taking ownership. Well, this is what it's like to be me. Yeah, and so you have to do some of your own work first. You have to get in touch with all of that first and get aware of all that and own, you know, what am I feeling and what am I needing, what am I wanting, and, you know, why? what am I perceiving of them, why am I perceiving that? You know, you have to kind of do all that, and it's helpful to do that all in prayer, very prayerfully, and then praying about the timing and the way that you would bring this up in love. Speaking truth in love is all really important work that you do before. Yeah, we might, might journal through that might find a safe person, even a, a counselor or a pastor to talk it through with, particularly if the relationship with your friend or your family member is, is strained or difficult. Uh, is, you maybe you can't go right into that in the ways that we're talking about. Maybe you need some help to sort through, uh, uh, take, have realizations about and take ownership of your own emotions and needs first so that when you talk to the person that you have some disappointment or conflict with, you can do it in a, in a way that's gentle, in a way that's invitational, mm-hmm. and, and really uh, promotes a, a, a trust and, and a bond. Lord, we are so grateful that you are the wonderful counselor and that you are with us as we open up and look at the triangles in our lives and our relationship. We ask that you would guide us by your spirit and that you would help us to take courage and time to look honestly at where we maybe uh, have uh, triangled in and gotten enmeshed in something that's unhealthy and where there's conflict that we're avoiding and that you and your grace would guide us towards healing of that and towards healthy communication and healthy change so that we can grow in health in our relationships, Lord, and out of that grow in our experience of your love and your action in us and then flowing out through us for your glory. Amen. It's a blessing to share Soul Talks with you and your friends. Also, we hope you'll visit soulshepherding.org and subscribe to our blog, which we send out by email each week. We would love to come speak at your church or have you join us at our Soul Shepherding Institute. It's our joy to foster your intimacy with Jesus, emotionally healthy relationships, and fruitful ministry.